Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Word in the Street, the hottest party on talk radio. We're live till 10 o'clock, the power hour, but I had a chance to talk to the great Clark Howard about Clark's Christmas Kids, and here's what we talked about. So uh, thanks for joining Word on the Street, Clark Howard, and Clark's Kids, Clark Christmas, Clark's Christmas Kids, 32nd year. Tell us, first of all, how it started. So you're going to laugh when you hear how it started. We were talking about, you know, we should be doing something for uh, kids at Christmas time. The station had no plan for that or anything like this. We're going back 1991. And so we came up with this idea of going to malls because remember those buildings people used to go shop at that nobody shops at anymore? <laughs> anymore, right. And so we went people to. People actually go to the food courts now. That is it, <laughs> right? So we went to a different mall each day for a week and we were able to fill a small station van like a Ford Econoline van, full of toys, a couple hundred toys. We thought, man, we did great. And that first year and the second year, we did this with the Salvation Army. And then by the end of the second year, we were contacted by somebody with the state and said, do you know about foster kids and how they don't get gifts and blah, 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 blah. And so it was our third year that Christmas kids started emerging as it became and is, and it is a joint effort with the Georgia Department of Family and Children's Services to see that every child in foster care in the state of Georgia, that they have gifts to open Christmas morning. Have you found over the years, because you know the number each year of kids that are in the Georgia uh, Department, uh, that are in the Georgia foster care. Right. Have you found that it's gone up over the years, remained the same, or declined? It stayed static for a long time, um, and even as our population in the state grew, it, the number of kids in foster care was not rising in tandem with the population growth. What changed things was, I'm going to guess years now, I think like six, seven years ago, the numbers started going up and up and up, and it's because of the drug addiction problem. So many of the parents have ended up addicted on drugs, ended up incarcerated, whatever. And so the number of children in foster care, not just here in Georgia, all over the country, has gone way up. And state after state is struggling just to come up with enough foster parents to take care of all the foster children that are ending up in the hands of the state because of problems with the parents. So you have a, a, a family structure problem, which becomes the state's problem, which goes on to become a national problem. Exactly. All from one thing, which is really abuse and addiction. You, addiction, that's addiction has been, there were always situations that would happen in a family. Somebody might uh, go to prison, something like that that would lead uh, children into foster care. A child might be in an abusive uh, family situation and end up in foster care. What changed 
because we've had uh, humans have had addiction problems for thousands of years. Right. But the street drugs that people are getting addicted to now have created a pathway to addiction that is so intense and so widespread that the number of children who are ending up becoming the responsibility of the states has gone through the roof. And that's what we're dealing with. Gotcha. And that's why the number of children that we have to find uh, good foster homes for and the number of kids and Clark's Christmas kids we got to get gifts for so they Christmas morning have something that's a semblance of a normal Christmas where they get what they actually ask for for Christmas. Absolutely. And so that's why uh, the need is you hear from every nonprofit and every charitable organization every year they say the need is the greatest ever and you just don't know is it true or is it just a campaign thing it's actually true with foster care around the country i mean there's there is a much bigger problem and you look at fentanyl coming into the equation it's been a rough go for uh for the parents and then in turn, that means for really the, rough for the children. Kids. We're in a studio with um, Clark Howard of Clark's Christmas Kids, 32nd year. You're going to be tomorrow afternoon with Mark Aram, 4 to 7, where? Uh, 3 to 7. 3 to 7. At the Walmart on Mansell Road in Roswell. And then on Saturday morning, we start at 9 a.m. and we'll go till the last child is served at the Walmart in Marietta by the Big Chicken. Right. And uh, it's 210 Cobb Parkway South. And the deal and I'll be, is... I'll be with you both days. Oh, wonderful. Absolutely. Wonderful. So the deal is the kids tell you what they'd like for Christmas. You get to know the child's name, how old he or she is, boy or girl, and then you can choose to fulfill all three Christmas wishes of a child, one wish, and we have gifts that range from very inexpensive very expensive and people and people can also go to uh, what site to give money clarkschristmaskids.com and so people do whichever they can do a lot of people love coming into the stores but it doesn't fit their schedule or they they can't make it to Roswell they can't make it to Marietta and so they can donate online we get donations the last two years all 50 states each year that's awesome okay wanna... so what state did right. we get the most donations from other than the great state of Georgia. Florida. California. Wow. Wow. By far and away. Those liberals give. No, I'm just kidding. I just had to throw it. Melani Kai would not let me get away if I didn't throw politics into this. No, no. I no. mean, the Californians. But is it because it's so big, or why do you think it well, is? Well, my audience is by far the largest in California. Gotcha. And so that may be why we do so extremely well in California, followed by Texas and New York. Wow. So you that's got, awesome. you got, if you're going to stay politics, we've got a blue state, a red state, and, and a, a blue, blue state. state. That's awesome. I want to go back to the, the kids and foster care. These children that, that we're giving to, do they, do, are they, how do I want to phrase this? Are they waiting for foster care parents, or do some of them already have foster care parents? So, all right, so this is how it plays. There are foster children who are in foster group homes. And then there are foster children who are assigned to an individual or a couple who provide uh, a foster family in their own home. So it used to be that foster kids were overwhelmingly in a home with, a, with an individual or a family, but the need has gotten so great that it's outstripped the ability to find enough foster parents 
and this is nationally. This right. is not specifically a Georgia problem. And so a big percent of the kids now are in these foster group homes. So it's it's really unfortunate because they're in an institutional type setting when it would be so much better if the kids right. were in a home with a loving foster parent. But both parents. groups of kids, whether they're in a parent home or a group home, these kids are on the list to exactly. get Because, see, we get gifts for every foster child in the that, state. Gotcha. I mean, we, it doesn't, you know, we don't pay attention to which sort of living situation they're in in foster care. I just want those kids Christmas morning where they've been so disappointed by adults who've let them down. I want them to know that an absolute stranger cared about them enough that that stranger was willing to open up his or her wallet and their heart and buy a gift or gifts for that child and buy them what they asked for. The reason this program's worked for almost a third of a century is because how often do you get to know the name of a child you're donating to, the age of that child, and what that child actually wanted for Christmas. You didn't have to take them and have them sit in the lap of Santa at the mall. The kid tells you, you know, I want this and I'd love a football, I'd love a bike, I'd love, you know, a video game, whatever it is. They tell you, and so you pick out what age child and boy or girl and what they'd like to buy and say, I don't really want to buy that list. Oh, I like this one over here. I'll buy for that child the gifts that that child would like. And when we get to Walmart, how is it set up for people that are going to come out three to seven tomorrow, or three to six tomorrow, and and nine to uh, the last nine child, till whenever, nine, yes. the last child is, is done on on Saturday? How does it work? Because I'll be out there helping you yeah. guys. How how what will people? What can people expect? So when you walk into the Walmart, normally towards the front of the store, there'll be a big area they clear out for us. And we'll be broadcasting there. And then there will be a, a long table that you can go over and look at the sheets of children. And we'll have volunteers there, and they'll ask you, hey, what age kid would you like to look at possibly buying a gift for? Well, we have 10-year-olds down here, if that's what you want. And you look through, and you find the sheet that, of a child that you're really interested in helping. You take that sheet. You go shop in the store. You bring it back. And the same place where we're broadcasting another long series of tables is where you turn in the gifts that you bought. And then you get a donation letter. So you, if you itemize for charitable deductions, you can take a charitable deduction on your 22 return when you file in April next year. Yeah. Um, I got to ask this question. So I've done this before. I've seen kids as little as two years old, three years old, and some, what's the age? 18. 18. So it's, it's from those younger kids to 18. Right. Who do you think, and I don't know if you can answer this, but what age child do you think is, if, if I went and I can only give to pick one child, what age should I look at? What age do you think is the kid where the child is most impacted and most grateful because he understands what's happening? I'd say that that they're all appreciative regardless of age. But what is different is it's hard to get people to buy for the oldest kids. Because young kids, they're just cute, right? Well, we know teenagers aren't cute. Teenagers talk back and stuff, and they're awkward. So it's hard to get the donations for the teenagers and for whatever reason, people aren't as sympathetic to the 17 and 18 year olds who are about to be out on their own. Right. I mean, you think uh, how many teenagers are prepared to suddenly say, oh, you have no place to live tonight. 
You have no money to buy food. Uh, you are on your own to figure out if you're going to go to school. You're on your own to get a job. I mean, it's hard when you do what they call age out of foster care. And thank goodness there are volunteer programs where people assist with that aging out process to help those 18-year-old girls and boys or young men and young women land on their feet. Because otherwise, a lot of them could end up homeless, and they do in many states. In Georgia, we've done a pretty good job of providing transition assistance to those 18-year-olds, helping them go forward. Before we let you go, last question. What is every charity that I've given to, I have a lot of friends that own nonprofits that work with young uh, boys, especially the young men in in the African-American community, but young men in general. That's like my thing. I want to help young men because, you know, those are the guys that get trapped off the most in, in, in trouble and stuff. What's the number? What's our goal? What's what's that number that you need us to reach financially, whether it's buying, donating, uh, donations, buying toys? What is that number that we need yeah, to reach? Yeah, so uh, we're actually going to be able to buy gifts for a little less money this year than last year. You know, inflation, particularly with Christmas items, uh, we're actually seeing lower prices this year than a year ago with a lot of Christmas items. And so uh, the way I'd look at it, is that if you look how many kids we need gifts for, we need um, 16,000 gifts as of this second, three gifts a child. So we're 5,300 kids short. Each kid's average wish, wish list is $175. So if we take, um, well, let's just take 5,300 kids by $175. I'll tell you what we've got left we need we need $928,000 still to go. We've already taken care of more than half the children. Children, right. So this is the remainder. But do you think I want to wake up in the morning and Christmas morning and say, gosh, we didn't take care of these many kids? That's only happened one time in 32 years, one time back in the 90s. And I still beat myself up about it that we did not take care of every kid one year, and I'm not going to see that happen. Our listeners aren't going to see that happen. We're going to take care of all of these children. ClarksChristmasKids.com, the two addresses you'll be at on Friday. I'll be with you Friday. Mansell uh, Road, with you Roswell. On Say it uh, again. Mansell Road and Roswell, uh, 3 to 7, will be on the air 3 to 6. And then on Saturday, we'll be on the air at the Walmart at 210 Cobb Parkway South by the Big Chicken in Marietta. You can even do, if you're doing Google Nav, you put in the big chicken, it'll take you right there, believe it or not. That's oh. enough of an address. And we will be there starting at 9, and we'll go all the way to the last child served, but we go off the air at noon. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing both you and Mark tomorrow and Dave Baker and you on Saturday. I'll be there doing whatever I can. we got to help these kids. And what's so great, it's so this the, one of the great things about Christmas kids is getting to see you because I never get to see you other than this other all than year this. long. And uh, at Christmas Kids, uh, Clark's Christmas Kids, and... Um, Carathon. Carathon, exactly. God bless you, Clark, for all you do. We love you. And we start Habitat in February, so I expect you out there with I'll a hammer, there. hammering away. I'll be there like the last time. All right. God bless you, brother. Word in the Street is live till 10 o'clock. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, Clark's Christmas Kids tomorrow, 
3 to 7, broadcasting live from 970 Mansell Road at the Walmart there. And then on Saturday, 210 Car Parkway, 9 to noon. So make sure you come on out. I'll be there. And everyone will be out there, Milani Kai and Greg P. And everybody's going to be out there helping you uh, get toys for these kids for ClarksChristmasKids.com. So make sure you come on out. Milani Kai. Yo. Curfews. Need it. We, well, we're going to talk about it. I had a chance to talk to Keisha Sean Waits, councilwoman uh, for the city of Atlanta, who's put forth a proposal to do uh, to increase the times for curfews. We're going to play a clip when we come back. And then we're going to discuss curfews. Are they good or are they bad? It's word on the street. Live on Thursday. Somebody is going to stop you. You what? The, go ahead. What's your name? Karan. And you said we've got the power. That's that four-year-old again. She's she's still paying attention. It's a boy. He it's a boy. He just got long hair. You got the power? He's only four, and he's making sense. Barack Obama in town to stump for Senator Raphael Warnock and mistaking a four-year-old boy for a four-year-old girl, and, but we won't hold him accountable Happens to that. all we, the time to my ac- nephew. We, Happens all the time to my nephew. We won't hold him accountable. All the time. White people, black people, green people, men, women, boys, girls, they always say, your daughter's so, because he always has the basketball in his hand in, in, in every store. Like, he's that kid, Shelly. If he doesn't become a pro basketball player, then... I think we felled him or just wasn't in the books. But literally, he has to have the ball everywhere. And everybody will say, we don't let him dribble, but they'll say, she's so cute. She's so cute. And he, he's used to it now. So we'll just say, oh, it's a boy. Well, so it oh, happens. It happens. Yes. Well, it Obama's happens. most was the most powerful man in the world Stop for it. eight years. Stop it. Mistaking Stop it. a little boy for a little girl. It's okay. Shelly. It's okay. You know that doesn't he's, mean anything. He's out there mistaken. That man's a cool man, all right? He's a very cool he's man. He's a cool cat. Let me tell you, I, I, I <laughs> love cool Obama. Cat. I love I love Barack Obama. I think he, I mean, honest to God, all partisan politics aside, he's a cool. I like the guy. Um, I would love, I'd love to have a beer with Barack Obama. I would love to go to a club with Bill Clinton. Um, and I would love to have a beer on a porch somewhere with George W. Bush. Yeah, um, he's a cool cat. Yeah, but Shelly, yeah. you're just trolling because you know yeah, that. Yeah, just trolling. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah, just absolutely. Obviously, right, absolutely. Right. absolutely. Just absolutely. real quick, I know yeah. we've got to talk about um, uh, what's going on here. That's a serious matter. But just update us on your vibe for the runoffs. And be- prior to that, when the numbers were first coming in, you said, hey, that's just Metro Atlanta. You know, they're coming out. Do- are you getting another vibe this 30, time? 33, according to Bill Crane, uh, shout out to Bill Crane. He sent uh, he sends out his newsletter still. And he broke down where the early votes are coming from. And early voting is coming from basically four metro counties. That's it. The, the, the numbers, yeah. most of the numbers, 33% of the uh, early voting. Now, the reason reason for that is because rural counties are just opening up Monday. They just open up on Monday. So today's Thursday. But 33% of the early votes have come from Cobb, Fulton, DeKalb, and Gwinnett. Yeah. Um, now, they said there's a record, not record, there's a high number of Republicans turning out also. However, 
That being said, we don't know if those Republicans are voting Republican or these are Republicans that skipped over the Senate race and voted for Kemp and Republicans down ballot. So that's the question. That's what we and don't then, know. But then because of Governor Brian Kemp's endorsement, now they would be voting for well, Herschel? Well, what I'm saying is these— the, Okay. So in other words, normally— if you just looked at a, a normal Senate race, if Republicans were voting, you would assume that many of those Republicans are voting for the Republican. The Democrats are voting for the Democrat. However, in this race, it's different because many Republicans skipped over the Senate race or voted for Warnock, which is why this race is in a runoff and all the other Republican races went, you know, one, one straight out. Um, in the general. So the truth of the matter is the those Republicans that you're talking about, if those are the ones that skipped over, it would be um, it, it's is it a little n- are you guys a little nervous about that? Because you don't know. I'm OK, nervous. I'm because nervous. you don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't know what those Republicans are doing. I'm nervous. Um, I'm also nervous because it's still only interestingly enough, even with the record turnout in this runoff, it's still only like 10 percent of the total available votes. Meaning there's like maybe 7 million total registered voters. There's still only, uh, it's less than, I think we're at 1 million four, 1.4 million as of yesterday. So it's still a small percentage of the total number of votes. But, but where's the confidence from before where you thought that, okay, they may not have voted for him, They that w- those Republicans, because remember I would say, hey, what about the ones who are like right. mad at Brian Kemp? Or, but they voted for Brian Kemp, right. apparently. They just skipped that. Where, where's that? Why don't you have the confidence that because they I don't will? Know, I don't know what's out there. I don't know what these Republicans, the Republicans that have turned out more Republicans have turned out in this runoff election than before. But I don't know if they're turning out for the Republican. Candidate. Why would you not attribute it to uh, Governor Brian Kemp? Because I personally believe I, I, that I, if Governor, I thought it, I, I think Governor Brian Kemp was very strategic as to when he openly, not that he did wasn't for him, but I think it was. I think. I think he continues to run a brilliant campaign, but I think it was strategic that he did not want to get distracted by any candidates and their problems because he didn't have any baggage. Right. He had no baggage. I mean, the stuff they were saying, open up the economy, blah, blah, blah. He had no baggage. So it was strategic. I heard a political pundit saying, oh, if he would have done this, you know, why didn't he? Because he ran a strategic and brilliant campaign. And the only time to go out and do the ads for Herschel Walker is after you know that you sold it. You're not taking pund- anybody else. The political else's- pundit yeah. that made that comment probably wasn't privy to the fact that there's the Walker campaign that did not want to do anything with the other people. Oh, when I went to Dove's, uh, the Dove Hunt down in that um, to uh, um, uh, the sod farm down there. Shout out to Mr. McWater and the sod farm down there in um, Blacksburg, uh, down in Blacksburg, Georgia. Um, when I went to that Dove Hunt down there, Herschel was invited. It would have, everybody was that was on a ticket spoke at that event. It was about 500 hunters down there and their families. So it was a good 1,200. No, but that was not smart, though. But he didn't show up. And people were asking for him. They were saying. Because even if he just showed up, even if it was one time, even though Kemp wasn't doing uh, commercials and stuff, it would have spoke up volume. Absolutely. Uh, see, I didn't know absolutely. that. Yeah, he didn't show up. Why? And so, I don't know. And so the other thing is. If you look at the Democrats, Stacey and Raphael Warnock, it wasn't like Stacey was going out there saying vote for Raphael Warnock. She was concentrating on her race Until also. Until the end when he started getting good numbers and well, she well, they was they, yeah. they did some things together. Yeah, yeah. That's different. That's not I going see. on a campaign yeah. trail. That's going up, hey, we're going to be in Johns Creek. My yeah. schedule's open. Your schedule's open. B. Wynn's schedule's open. We're all going to be up there. 
the, the Republicans wanted the same thing. It was Herschel's team that wanted to keep him separate that from might everybody cost else. That, well, of course, I think it might have cost him. Now, you asked a question about Brian Kemp. I think Brian Kemp helps him. I just don't. My, my, I'm a little nervous because I don't know where those Republican votes, particularly in the metro area, because in the metro area, those I don't know where those Republican voters are going. I don't know I if they're skipping over or if they're sp- voting for Warnock. And I want to attribute it to this, my nervousness. I think whoever's doing the advertising for Raphael Warnock's campaign from the very beginning, but particularly in the last month and a half, they are brilliant, brilliant, brilliant campaign it's ads. I've never it's seen excellent. better political ads in my life. Uh, I, a couple come to mind. The most powerful one to me are regular voters with the headphones on and a split screen and their reactions to what they're playing that Herschel's saying. Um, I, yeah. I, I think this a brilliant, Warnock's people have run a brilliant campaign. I think he's ran an excellent campaign i think he i don't think it's going to be a blowout as you were joking the other day saying if they if they don't if kemp and herschel walker i think he's going to edge it and i think that he i agree with you i think his campaign was uh brilliant and i like the i was wondering if like we haven't heard from stacy abrams since but stacy abrams is not uh relevant at all so he doesn't need her and remember we talked about i said lost yeah 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 loser on the stage yeah yeah i I don't mean to call her a loser but no 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 i really want to hear from her i'm hoping to just you know have that uh that post talk with her eventually but here's my thing shelly i think that um reverend ralphie warnock i think he edges it out but i also think that there are people still out there. Like you said, you don't know what those Republicans are going to do. It's not a lot of them, but I think there's enough out there that are so mad that people like Shelley and people like Kemp have turned on Donald Trump that they would go, whether they voted or they're going to go out and they're going to say, I'm not staying home. I'm going to go vote for Warnock because they're that vindictive and they will do that. I don't know how many it, they are, but well, I think we they're see, out we, there. We see, we see in the, what is it, 200 and something thousand did not vote for Herschel Walker in, the, in general. Right. So the idea is if you didn't vote for Herschel Walker in a general, which caused the runoff, right, then you got to wonder how many of those 200,000 people uh-huh. are coming back out that are Republicans that are coming back out to vote for Warnock. We don't know. That's right. why I'm a little nervous. However, that being said, it's even though they're telling us it's a record turnout, it's still a low number of people who have voted. Yeah. And so um, I'm thinking if Republicans, and they've made a big push, Lindsey Graham was back down here, um, uh, uh, Mike Pompeo was back down here, and these are are Trumper people. So these, hopefully they can move those people out. And I think Brian Kemp's endorsement helps him. I just don't know if election day there's enough to make up because I believe I believe that the early voting has favored, where the votes are coming from, has favored Warnock. I just don't know if there's time to make up that difference. That's what's going to be the interesting thing. And let thing. me just say this before we talk about the curfew. I feel like I feel like uh, Reverend Ralphie L. Warnock, remember we talked about this is not to persuade people who to vote for. It's just to come out to vote. I do think that President Barack Hussein Obama and people like Michelle Obama are more capable of getting their side out to vote. Not that Brian Kemp is an influ- influential, but more can get them more hyped up. To go out and vote. The question is, did those people already vote? Because you've had a record turnout. The people that Barack was talking to tonight, how many of those people, I think they said it was a thousand people there, how many of those people have already voted? 
voted because we've had record turnout from these major counties that drive the Democrat base. That's what's going to be interesting. Okay, to see real quick, also. I've got Warnock edging uh, Walker. I don't have a blowout. I've got an edge. Who do you guys have? I mean, well, who, not who you want, but literally, Shelley, if you had a million dollars. And you, you're double or nothing. You, you, you know what? I don't like you for that. <laughs> a million I, dollars, I double, to, or, nothing. A gamble, double or nothing. Double right or nothing. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. You had to. And, okay, so ladies and gentlemen listening, this has nothing to do with who I want <laughs> I to know, win that's why and I said, who yeah, I'm going to vote what I'm for. Saying. If I had a million dollars right or now, I'd put it on Warnock by two. Okay. Warnock, 55-45. He breaks the 55. Good news, though, Shelly, for the Republicans. That's what Bill Crane said in his newsletter. Good news for the Republicans. He read the newsletter. Yeah, I know. Cherokee <laughs> County had lines like they haven't had since Trump ran for president. Cherokee County has been completely as red as any of the North Metro. So that's what's interesting. We So... Cherokee County, even if it so he needs to win 90-10 in Cherokee to make up for the difference. And I don't know if many of those if that red Cherokee County, because there was some red counties. Lindsey Graham and Woodstock tonight. Right, but the thing is he's he they're red counties that he lost to Warnock. That Walker in a general kept one going away, and Walker lost four red, reliably red Forsyth. I'm not sure if for, a Cherokee was in there, but I think Forsyth, Cherokee, possibly. But there are four reliably red counties that Walker lost in a general. So unless he can make up that difference and have a 80-20, 90-10 split in those Cherokee in those red counties, I don't know if there's enough votes out there to make up the difference that Warnock is presumably building right now. In early voting so do we have to keep Keisha over I know we teased her uh I really wanted to hear what she had to say but I mean keep her over till until next week is it a, is it an evergreen it's an evergreen it's, okay. the vote is next week so to be in the news let's okay keep okay over. okay but good but, conversation though good yeah conversation. yeah no I just wanted to I mean I think that I think most people really thought when we started this as you said in most just the way it was going ah, it's a runoff Walker has it but I think the tides are changing a little bit even it's though we don't know yeah it's the advertising by brilliant. Warnock but uh I'm still going to vote. I'm either going to vote early Friday or I'm going to vote on Election Day Tuesday. I probably go vote Election Day Tuesday just to see what the turnout is looking like. Um, but I'm work. I'm voting for Warnock. Um, I'm sorry. No, I'm voting- Warnock, say it. No, no. I'm voting for Freudian Walker. Slip. No, no, not for. I'm voting for Walker. Uh-huh. Die hard. I'm voting for Herschel Walker. Yeah. Um, I hope all the Republicans vote for Herschel Walker. But it's going to be an interesting race. I tell you, be- before we go out, I will say this, and I've said this before. I'll say it again, Melania Kai. I've been following politics since I was like 15 or 16 years old. I have never seen an onslaught of negative advertising directed at one man since May 25th and over $100 million in all negative advertising directed at one guy, and he's still standing. That is probably the most fascinating story are coming you, out of this race. Are you setting up your, we lost, but you did a good job speech? Are you setting no, us up for that? No, I'm, I'm just, just telling kidding. you, I say it all the time. I just, I've been following politics all my adult life, and I've never seen anything like this. John Edwards got accused of cheating on his wife while she had cancer, and he dropped out. Gary, Gary, what's his name, with Clinton? Gary Hart. Gary Hart was caught on a, a a boat with a picture of a blonde that wasn't his wife, and he immediately dropped out. And our, and our West, rest in peace to our Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Oh, oh, 15 he, women came out and yeah. just accused him. No pictures, yeah. no nothing. They but, just said, hey, he but yeah, you this, don't want the pictures and he out. Yeah, out. you gotta. And you, he dropped out. At some out. point, you gotta. This guy... <laughs> has never dropped out, and it's, he's still standing. So it's the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. So we'll see what happens Tuesday, election night. Guess what's? Guess what Tuesday is? They got football. 
basketball Basketball. Basketball game on on runoff election night. (laughs) It's how it works when you're the (laughs) African-American. It's word on the street. Feel-good stories next. I think we're going to have a red wave. I think it's going to be maybe bigger than anyone thought. DJ Greg P is such a troll. For <laughs> it's word on the street powwow. We usually end every show with a feel-good story. My feel-good story is I butchered the name of where the ducks, uh, the duck hunt was. It's North Georgia Turf in Whitesburg, Georgia. North Georgia Turf in Whitesburg, Georgia. If you need sod, go check them out. Ask for Mr. John McWhorter. That is my feel-good story of the day. My feel-good story is trolling. Uh, good morning, America's TJ Holmes and uh, Amy. They deleted all their social media just moments after their secret romance was exposed. Is it time to release our secret romance? It's, no, it's not, absolutely Ladies and not. Gentlemen, it's time that Melani Kai and I announced. This Do we is have amazing. an announcement? Isn't one of them married? I think they both are married. Both are. One the, of them's married to Andrew Shoup. Yeah, the actor. You remember Andrew Shoup Breakfast Club, right? No. No, Melrose Place. Melrose Place. Well, that's it. my feel-good story that and his is, wife is fine. My, uh, it, it doesn't even have, listen. My, my feel-good story is really neat, and on the on the strength of that, Nia Long is on her own now. She left your boy, and she's just uh, doing her thing. So Good for her. There's hope after your man cheats on you. You know what's interesting about that story? I know we got to end, but you know what's interesting about that story, Melani Kai, is she said her 11-year-old was devastated. That's the saddest part of it. It is. Entire it's the story. kid. The yeah. kid, 11-year-old. Yeah. Because he saw this guy as a father figure. I know. He should have married her. He should have. Yeah. Idiot. Unlock the doors. He's going to the house. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.